gather all the information and data you can before making a decision. And just because someone else did something that way or you've heard that's the way it's usually done doesn't mean it's the best thing for your specific property or your specific operation. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with them to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, you know, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there, and we've built a relationship with him in Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. John Tanner, how you doing, John? Good, Joe. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I am doing well, and it's my pleasure. A little bit about John. He is the director of sales marketing for My Utility Cabinet. They specialize in utilities and invoice management for commercial property owners and operators based in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the website is myutilitycabinet.com, which is also in the show notes page. So with that being said, John, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, absolutely. MUC and its cloud-based platform were originally created for construction and heavy industrial companies. 
because many of these companies had thousands of different locations and were constantly acquiring new ones, but didn't have a uniform way of organizing or tracking the data within those bills. But since 2011, we've evolved and now cater to basically any industry that uses energy and is looking for a better way to track it and manage it. So over the last few years, we've been able to acquire clients ranging from floral shops to breweries, and now even commercial and residential real estate companies. One of our particular commercial real estate clients used our billing services to determine fair ways to build tenants at locations that didn't have each unit individually metered. So not only did we create a fair and transparent billing system, but we also were able to analyze the rates for all of this client's locations and reduce the utility spend by more than 15%. Okay, so you all look at the energy that's being used at a commercial property, and then what do you do with it? We analyze the data to see if there's any discrepancies, billing errors, compared to other locations that are the same size and should use the same amount of energy to see if you're on the right rate or if there's something going on where you're using too much energy and you shouldn't be. We dive into the numbers that are past the bills. So not just the dollar signs there, but the actual usage numbers. Got it. So you look at subject property and you compare subject property to other similar properties in that area and you look at usage and determine if they're on par for energy usage. Yeah, and we also manage and process their billing as well. So all of their bills are sent to our office and we process them. So they have one easy lump sum payment as opposed to have a landlord sitting down and cutting open 20, 30, 40 different bills. We just make it simple for them and it's one easy payment. Got it. And uh, as far as bills go, are you referring to the electric and water or are you referring to cable it can be all those it can be just electric gas water or we can add in television service your phone service anything that's technically considered a utility or a bill we can take care of for you and then you consolidate the monthly bills and the owner writes one check to you and then you all pay those bills. Yeah, so we build them one time. We have on our online database, we give users logins and all of that, and they're able to see all of their information on this site and our financials are pushed to them, whether they use QuickBooks or any other accounting software. Mm -hmm. What about if bills are the first of the month versus the 28th of the month? That's something that a lot of property owners have voiced kind of concerns with the cash flow optimization. And we're able to work with the utility companies and kind of sit, say you have a mortgage that's due on the first, we work with the utility company on our client's behalf to try to stagger that out. So say their mortgage is due the first, say they wanted to pay something in the middle of the month to have more cash flow optimization, we'd be able to do that for them. Mm -hmm. As far as the energy usage, can you maybe give a case study or two as it relates to commercial properties? Yeah. I have an example right here. Our most recent project with one of our clients directly relates to one of the articles you wrote back in April, the 27 ways to add value to apartment communities. Yep. Number seven on that list is the ratio utility billing system. But in our experience, submetering is basically rubs on steroids. So we ran an analysis of master metering with submeters versus having every unit be metered 
a historic 29-unit building in Cincinnati. And after the initial year, we projected 37% savings in utilities on the building, so successfully lowering the NOI. So what were the two variables you were comparing? Yeah, the two variables would have been, so having a master meter, then for those 29 units, sub-metering that out, so they're still being tracked versus having a meter for each of those units. Got it. So you're making the distinction between sub-metering and master meeting, which obviously makes sense. But then was there a third that you mentioned that you're comparing? No, those were the only two. Okay. Sub-meter versus master meter. Got it. And will you define both of those just in case someone's not aware of what those two things mean? Yeah. So sub-metering would be in, say this, for instance, in this unit or this building, we have 29 different units. So you'd have one master meter where all of the energy goes through and running off of that master meter would be sub-meters, each of which would be going to a unit and you'd be able to tell exactly what that unit is using. Regular just metering is you would see driving by any apartment building, they might just have 10, 15, 20 of these master meters that are on each building that are on a building that go towards a unit. But for those meters, you have to pay a meter fee for each and every one of those meters, it's around $36. If you sub-meter, you pay that one meter fee, and then you still get the information for the rest of the units in the building. So it's cost-effective to sub-meter. Yes, it's cost-effective to sub-meter. You're also putting some accountability on your tenants so they have more understanding of the energy they use. It's being split fairly. Have you come across, and this gets more on the operations, so it might be a little outside of your scope, but I'm just curious. Have you come across an owner who attempts to sub-meter, but lo and behold, the residents at that property consider it a rent increase because it's more money out of their pocket if they're now paying for those utilities, and then they have to backtrack and discontinue the sub-metering? No, we haven't come across that, but... This instance that we're doing now is for a building that's being gutted and newly developed. So for submetering, it would just basically reduce usage and it wouldn't particularly go straight back to the tenants and they would have to be paying more. If it's master metered, then the residents still could pay, but it wouldn't be as accurate, right? Yeah, there's a couple different instances you would have. There could just be one meter on the building and you're having to go in and use rubs, measure the square footage and all of that. And it would be fair to an extent, but you wouldn't know exactly what unit was using. You would just know the exact building usage and you'd be dividing that up. Regularly, if you didn't have a meter on each unit, you would also be able to tell what they were using, but you would have to pay those meter fees as well, or the tenant would. If you put up the upfront cost to install submeters, you're not incurring that cost anymore. The tenant's not incurring that cost anymore. So that $36 a month that they're paying on their utility bill, they wouldn't be paying that anymore. What are some objections that you come across with owners? And after telling them, hey, this is how it works, then they say, okay, cool, I'm in. There aren't much objections just because with submetering, you get instant feedback on those units. So you're able to tell say there's a leak in an apartment, say there's an anomaly in the billing system, you can set it up to where you're able to figure this out in 15-minute increments. Data can be sent to you. So there haven't been many objections there. So everyone you talk to signs up. 
every single client or potential customer? Well, for submetering, this is a fairly new thing we're rolling out, but everyone that we've had has at least been open to it, yes. Okay. The ones who are open to it but then have not signed up yet, what is a reservation? Just the upfront cost. There's a lot of people that know about it but don't know the exact cost of it. So we perform the ROI for them to be able to figure out how long the payback would be and the benefits of doing it. And the benefits usually outweigh the cons in this situation. Let's go through a hypothetical scenario, or if you have a specific example that works too, what are some typical upfront costs? I don't have exact numbers in front of me right now. It honestly just depends on the size of the building. What's the range for installation on installing submeters? I don't have those numbers in front of me right now. We don't install it ourselves. We kind of work as a broker with companies. So we try to find the best deal out there for our clients. So you set up the owner with a company that then installs the submeters and you all act as the go-between. Yes, absolutely. So we're talking with people all over the country, trying to find you know the best ways to do it, the best pricing, what the going rate is in certain states to make sure everything is compliant. And so what are the ways that you all make money? Ways that we make money are processing invoices for our clients. So we don't take any of our clients' savings, like I had mentioned earlier, talking about one of our clients, we projected 37% savings for them mm-hmm. in this building. And we don't take any of that cost, kind of an added value for them. There's a lot of companies out there that will come along and say, hey, we'll save you this much, but we take 50% for the first however many years. Yep. All of your savings are your own. For us, we just require a uh, payment for a user fee for our website. And then depending on the amount of bills that you have, it can range between $2.50 to $5 on how many bills that we process for you. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. And you mentioned that's the way you all make money on the processing side. What about the tracking data and identifying utility usage relative to comps and where there can be efficiencies? Those are included in our flat rate. So the same thing for having a monthly user fee, that's all included in our flat rate. All of the information is readily available in myutilitycabinet.com. So we kind of just are able to analyze that and put pictures there. It makes sense to people. We have different graphs, pie charts, whatever. There's many different ways that we're able to guess come across that data and interpret it differently for different people, different visualizations. Where are the sensors for the utility usage so that you can determine if there's a leak or not? That would be in the submeter itself. I guess there would be, it would just be, the meter would be the sensor. So if it's delivering us data every 15 minutes and we have a trend and that trend skyrockets, we'd be able to tell, hey, what's going on? right here, right now, why is it so much higher than it has been in previous months? Mm -hmm. So that would be how we would be able to track that. So it can be a warning detector if you're doing submetering versus if you're doing the rub where you're billing back based on square footage or maybe number of residents or something like that. There's not that proactive nature that you get with rubs that you do get with submetering. Yeah, absolutely. 
If you're doing rubs, you might not be able to figure this out for, say, a couple months. You don't realize that your bills are getting a little bit higher, a little bit higher. That's why we track usage as well, because sometimes prices change, rates change. Being able to track usage gives you direct data and trends of what has been the operational mean or average and what it should be. And just things stand out when they're not. You mentioned on submetering, you all perform a return on investment assessment to basically show when you get your money back after a certain period of time when you invest in submetering. What's a typical time frame that you see, and then what's the low end and high end, just to understand the range of time? Honestly, it just depends on the size of the building. If you're performing this on a larger building, with, let's say, hundreds of different units, the payback would easily be quicker just because you're not paying that extra $36 a month. So usually within the first two years, I would assume that's around the average, but it can span depending on the project, depending on the amount of units, or if you're dealing with an office space, there's a lot of different variables that Mm -hmm. go into it. Is units the primary variable and then there's other secondary variables or is there something in addition to units that would be a major variable to consider? Units would be the main variable there. Say you have a building, you only have five units in it. It wouldn't make sense at that point to submeter just because there's a cutoff, there's a start date where, or not a start date, but a start where it makes sense to do it, where you're saving money right off the get-go. Approximately, what's that cutoff on average? You said five units, not so much. What would be? If you had, I think it's seven or more units, it would make sense. Okay. Assuming other variables are friendly in that scenario. Yeah, exactly. You might come across a building that already has some meters set up or something where it just it wouldn't make sense to retrofit and go in there and dig all that out and start from scratch. That's why this project that we're working on is unique because we already got in the building. We're starting it from scratch. We're being able to hit the ground running. Yeah, super interesting. I'm really grateful that you're getting into details with us. Based on your experience within this industry, so it doesn't have to be real estate investing advice, but just within this industry, based on your experience, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors? My best advice ever for real estate investors would be to gather all the information and data you can before making a decision. And just because someone else did something that way or you've heard that's the way it's usually done doesn't mean it's the best thing for your specific property or your specific operation. So make decisions based on tangible information. And what we like to say here at MUC is you can't manage what you don't measure. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. That's for darn sure. I certainly take that philosophy in my business. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. 
featuring interviews from top industry professionals. Make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. What's the best ever book you've most recently read? Uh, the Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson, because it describes how an incredible personal work ethic, as well as uh, regular self-reflection and reevaluation of one's choices, can create success. This is applicable in real estate because investors should constantly review their situation in order to make the right decisions at the right times. And I said, best ever book you've most recently read, which it's a little redundant, so I apologize for that. I should have said, best ever book you've recently read. Something like that. I don't, I don't know. I have to figure out the word. It's a new question. I'm, I'm trying to add in the recently part, so I got to figure out how to word that. What's a favorite case study that you haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? We have a case study for one of our different clients. Due to some confidentiality agreements, we weren't able to tell you exactly who this client is. But this is some things we offer in our ancillary services. In this case, it's tax code analysis. And we were recently able to recover over $250,000 in erroneously paid taxes, which neither the client nor the utility were aware that they shouldn't have been paying. In addition to that, we also offer utility tracking management. And we've saved our clients over millions of dollars between late fees, erroneous meter fees, peak demand, billing error tracking. Uh, That's great stuff. How is a tax code tied into utility fees? It depends on someone's operation. So it could be whether it's on the production side or if you look at a tax code on a utility bill, the numbers kind of seem endless. So we have an in-house tax code analyst and this are operating across the country. Different states have different tax codes. So the utility company is never going to tell you if you're paying money that you shouldn't be. But if we can go in and find in the tax code, whether it's for uh, production purposes, if you have a business that's making raw materials, you can figure out ways that they shouldn't be paying those taxes. Great stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Best ever way you like to give back? As a company, we volunteer often at the Free Store Food Bank in St. Bernard. We also, in our parking lot here, we offer free parking to the elderly. Are they coming to hang out with you, or is your parking lot connected to something perhaps more engaging for them? Well, it depends who you're talking to. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple things around the area here in East Walnut Hills, but sometimes they're engaging with us. I don't know if they mean to, but (laughs) it's all for the best, right? It's all for the best. Yeah, exactly. What is the best way the best ever listeners can get in touch with you and learn more about what you guys got going on? Yes, yeah, so there's a couple ways you can reach us. We have a LinkedIn page, My Utility Cabinet. You can email us at info at myutilitycabinet.com. We also have a Facebook page. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm John Tanner on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, John, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about rubs versus submetering. To use your words, submetering is rubs on steroids, and you talked about why it's more accurate. You get a more proactive look at things, and not to mention it's something that can add value to the property in the long run whenever you exit because you've taken a lot from the expense column and you put it more towards the income column. And then in addition, the processing invoices for clients that you talked about and some of the next level things like tax code analysis. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you, you too. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation Podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your 